It's time for the End of Conversation Podcast With funny man Damian Lemon And the voice of your choice Ali Muhammad Yes, yes, this is Damian Lemon This is Ali Muhammad This is In the Conversation The podcast Yeah, back Yo. Day one, well day two When y'all hear this of the summer The official second day of the summer 2022 Day two, two Zero two two of the summer. Ah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> just try to get something for that open. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are here. We officially in summer, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling very summery. You know what I'm saying? Fresh yeah. out of Miami, so feeling like I started it off right. Yeah. Yeah, I look, man. I see you was outside. You <laughs> was outside. You getting to it. You really living the life out here, man. <laughs> I see you out here getting to it. Yeah, uh, man. You was out, as Beyonce said, you was outside. You was yeah. for real outside. Yeah. I was outside. I mean, I, I, you know, I just shared a little bit more this this time because it, it seemed like it was it needed to be shared. It was shareable, you know? Gotcha, gotcha, a gotcha, lot of, gotcha. A lot of things going on that was like, wow, we yeah. out here. The people so, of Gander. Yeah. yeah, so you know, it was it was it was a good time. Um, you know, sat home in Miami. Again, uh-huh. like I tell you, like my whole my whole skin, everything, my body know when it's home, you know? It's just acclimation, like, yeah. huh? Yeah, it's like ah the natural habitat. Right, Tropical right. man, you know, <laughs> not these concrete cities, you know, so. yeah. <laughs> not, these, not these gray skies, gray skies you know and man? smogerations, mm-hmm. cotton candy <laughs> clouds and shit, cotton candy clouds, you know, a lot of humidity, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, just felt good to be in, in, in the space where you grew up, you know, man, it was very funny. It. So it. it's a lot of Study terrible sh- moments. Yeah, that's good. You said study, study show. show. Yeah, study show feeling oppressed makes you work harder. That's what they say here in New York. I'm not sure if that's true or not. I don't know what study that was, but that's what that's what the vibe Fe- is. Anyway, uh, oppressed <laughs> makes you work harder. <laughs> Works harder. It's like ah, nigga, got to get out of this. Get out your own way. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Beyonce told y'all to quit your job. So, <laughs> yo, man, you know it's funny, man, about that. She got a knack for being right on the zeitgeist. Like, she mm-hmm. talk about the, the shit where she come out and be like, this is the now. Like, you know, right there, finger on the... I mean, you know, job frustration is arguably uh, evergreen. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's funny, like, just the stuff that she was saying. I feel like I've had conversations with quite a few people that were saying some of the words that were in that song. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, just feeling like demoralized by their job, ready to get out of there, you know, mm-hmm. burnt out, you know, all of that type of thing, you know. So it's speaking to that, and it's funny that, you know, uh, Queen B is the one to uh, to advocate the quit your job movement. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, it's already a trend. They're calling it the, the great resignation. Yeah. So yeah. she's just on trend, you know what I'm saying? Talking about it, um, yep. it is it is a it's, a it's a thing out here. You know, people rather be home. People rather be, you know, chilling. 
rather be doing what they, I guess, what they were doing during the pandemic, finding self and, you know, caring for self. So it's a lot, you know, it's a shortage of people who really want to work, you know? Yeah. Especially, you know, I'm sure, you know, after that whole pandemic, but also just, um, you know, for the, for the, um, the money, some, you know, as far as people that are working like hourly wages and feel like they're not really Mm -hmm. getting what they're going to get. But then at the same time, I'm starting to see as ideal as it may sound, feel like a lot of people, the work from home crowd is getting a little tired about the work from home situation. You know, because it's just a nook at the house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's a weird, it's a, uh, I guess it's a weird compartmentalization to be like, yeah, your couch is not your couch from nine to five. Your couch right. is the office, you know, but right. anyway. I mean, yeah. you got people on both sides of it, you know what I'm saying? You got some people that can't wait to get back to it and get in it, get into a space, you know, chop it up at the water cooler do their thing, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, you have some entrepreneurs that's just just down to get to it. Like, um, you know, I had this young cat that, that shoot, and um, he, he basically reminds me of me how I was when I was shooting, you know what I'm saying, and doing my business mm-hmm. from the outside. And um, so we had a run this week, and it was kind of like I had him, you know, he did the Time 100, Tribeca Film Festival, the Tonys, Apollo, ABFF, and then this Father's Day joint. And so he sent the post, you know what I'm saying, saying that, you know, he appreciate getting to work, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and shit, these are different cities. He was bouncing around doing his thing. Like, nobody had to ask him. He volunteered. He was like, yo, I want to, you know what I mean? So I was like, all right, bet. So you don't get too many like that. So when you get them, you try to hold on to them, make sure you do them right. You know what I'm saying? Then, you know, you work your way through the people who don't want to work, but that's signed up to get paid, you know? Right. So, you yeah, know, that's true. Yeah. It's a, you know, boy, you know, boy, everybody want that, that um, what they call those sabbatical. Everybody want a sabbatical. But they want mm-hmm. to, because they can you know, still get a check. But, you know, when leaving your job around here means no check. Yeah. Yeah, that's the part they don't tell you in the in the verse. Yeah, Beyonce yeah. don't tell you that shit. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. shit. She been living off interest for the last twenty years. <laughs> a, you ain't got no mailbox money. It's gonna be tough out there. Oh <laughs> uh, shit! Yeah, man. So um, you know, yeah. Again, but, I I've, I've been telling people to leave your jobs too long time ago, but in a way of find a job that's right for you, or find the work that's right for you, or do the thing that you do. You know what I'm saying? Right. That that way it won't even feel like work because it is what you that is you basically. You know, something you good at. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody not gonna identify that type of thing. So you know, if you can't identify it, then you might just have to you know take some time to identify whether that's why you working or if you just walk out if it's just too much. I always say utilize the job you got to invest in the job that you want. You know, so why you at the jobs you don't like, you have to understand that they just leasing your time and your body. You know what I mean? You could be working your mind in two different directions at once. You know, you're working your mind towards where you want to go while you doing your job well where you at. Because 
when you stop doing your job well, you know what I'm saying, it fucks up your future opportunities as well. It don't just fuck up you right now. It's like, oh, nah, that motherfucker was slacking. I don't know, you know. So you try to do your do your job for real, for real, on both ends, you know. And so when you do leave, motherfuckers are sad to see you go and, and happy to give a good word for what your next move is. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want to be the one that's just uh, kind of downshifted at the main gig, and it's it's apparent. Everybody could tell, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, <clears throat> you know it'd be like but, uh, that too. But that ain't how, you know that ain't how, optimally how you want it to be. But it'd be like that. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you fuck up. Sometimes you burn a whole bridge. You know. Yeah. But you try not to, but if it, it's inevitable, sometimes. Yeah, man. You know, none of this shit is perfect. You can't get through here without any, any missteps. You know what I'm saying? Just try to make it your next move, your best move. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, what we talk about? But, yeah, but back, we'll, you, we'll talk more about Beyonce the second, man. But come on, man, <laughs> tell me about, you know what I'm saying? You was in the world, big. What talk? How Yo, was it going? <laughs> yeah, Yo, yeah, 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 man. Beat. See you out here. See you out here in the mix. Oh, in the man. mix, different locales and shit. Um, yeah, let's get yeah, into yeah. ABFF. How was that? First off, what you do out there? What was the vibe? You know, ABFF. ABFF. It was their first time back in a couple of years. You know, due to pandemic measures, um, they were back in Miami, right. mm-hmm. um, where it's been plenty of good years of ABFF. But truthfully, out of all the years that I've been to ABFF I've really never participated in the festival it was usually for specific events and, right. and you know pop in pop out I never really did the whole festival you know so this time you know I tried to do a little more of of the festival part at least the panels I didn't see a lot of screenings but I did did uh, attend a few panels and um, you know just just got into the mix of, of what people were talking about and and that whole vibe of being somewhere and chasing an opportunity when you got a dream and he got all these people that's here that's doing it and you're trying to bridge that gap mm-hmm. between your ideas and being where they at. So, you know, I haven't been around that energy in a while, so that's always cool energy. And it was um, it's interesting because the hotel where I stayed is now the SLS, but it's right across the street from the uh, Delano where – the how can I be down used to be hell. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So how can I be down was like the first industry conference to come to Miami and be in the mix. And then you had all the hip hoppers and you know, New Yorkers and Timberlands on the beach mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. coming to the city to and you know, and you in the mix trying to make shit happen. So just to see the Delano sitting over there closed down, but it's like, damn, that's what how can I be how can I be down with that? You know what I mean? So it was very nostalgic. You know what I mean? Like, damn, not a nigga's been trying to make dreams on this block for a long time, you know? Um, uh-huh. But it was dope. It was dope. Um, the opening night, we were doing the red carpet. Uh, we, we were able to get Issa Rae, which was, you know what I'm saying, a magic trick in itself. Uh, she mm-hmm. didn't do, she didn't do much press, but she stopped by us and, um, we we got the highlight of that was cool. Um mm-hmm. first time first time um I ain't, I can't say I met her, but first time being in a you know, you know, same vicinity like that. Uh-huh. So 
So that was, was cool. That? Oh, that was cool. You know what I'm saying? She's true to form. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it ain't like she put up many um, fronts to where when you see her in real life, it ain't the same. You know what I mean? Right, she right. she was she was as advertised, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, <laughs> Came down, mm-hmm. did her thing, and um, went in to um, open up the festival, and then her her show rap shit closed the festival. So yeah, that was cool. Um, we talked to Kenya Barris, which was cool. You know what I mean? Because he out here really doing it. You know, showrunner at the at the highest of showrunner levels for blacks. Mm. So right. you know what I'm saying? It was cool to. Um, to let some of that energy, you know what I'm saying, come into the environment. You know, I be trying to soak up all the good energy, you know. <laughs> okay, you got that. Let me soak up some of that energy and see, you know, where I could place that in, in my world. So mm-hmm. that was cool, you know what I'm saying. I think the main part, like, ABFF was, like, seeing all your folks, you know what I'm saying, folks who've been around, been doing it. Uh, somebody said it was like a homecoming. I think it was Lisa Bonner. Lisa Bonner was like, it was a homecoming. And I was like, it, it shit is a homecoming. You know what I mean? So mm. a lot of people coming together for a specific purpose on the beach in Miami. It was all good, you know? So, yeah, it was outside with that. You know what I mean? Saw a lot of good people. Ran into Chris Ladd out there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Kim Bondi, who who commissioned commissioned me to do the, the Dear Black Man piece. So that was cool. Bring that energy back in the room. Um, right. Yeah, man. Shit, it was great. It was great out there. I only had one hook, one hiccup. You know what I'm saying? You know how when your whole shit going good and be like one little thing, I'd be like, ah, man, y'all tried me with this bullshit. Mm-hmm. I had I had one of them at the at the goddamn SLS, and I'm only saying this on here because my complaints went unheard. <laughs> <laughs> at the hotel, <laughs> they listening. But, they listening. But but here's the deal, right? You know, what I'm saying you check it to a hotel, right? And then you're giving your card for incidentals, right? They take the incidentals money off your card. Poof. You know, what I'm saying in this case it was a high. They had a high incidental rate, like 150 a night, right? Mm. Usually it's 50, 75, 100, 150. I it- never. Huh? So it was surge pricing? You think it was some surge pricing because of the, the uh, festival weekend? I don't know. That's what they said day rate was, my nigga. So or complexion pricing? Could be. All this could okay. be com- complexion oriented, but you know what I'm saying? They they <sighs> they, right, they, so they didn't wanna they didn't wanna um they didn't wanna um admit to no shit like that. But right. <clears throat> so check in, boom, 150 a night. All right, right. boom. They take the shit off. Now, that's supposed to be your money for if you fuck off at the bar, you know what I'm saying, the restaurants. You know, usually mm-hmm. that's that's how I go, right? Boom. So, all right. On one particular day, I was like, you know what? We finished early. I got about a two-hour gap between what I got to do next. I'm going to eat good because they got the good little um, sushi spot in there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, go to the sushi spot. I'm sitting there by myself, black man. Looking good, you know what I'm saying? Feeling good, you know? Order my food, you know what I'm saying? Order me a drink, chilling. Then one of my homeboys came in, saw me come in, but I didn't see him. He saw me, and then he came in. He was like, yo, what up? I saw you come in. You know? So he sat down, we had a drink. You know what I'm saying? Boom. 
So it seemed like the lady's looking like, you know, all right, how like who paying for this drink? And I'm like, nah, just put it on my, you know what I'm saying? Put it on my bill. And then she was like, okay. And it's like, as a matter of fact, just once you bring the drinks, just bring the check because I'm going I'm to pull out after that. She's like, cool, brought the check. I said, I'm going to put it on the room. You know, then that's when shit went to went left. She was like, well, um, first you have to put your name in your room number, then I had to go verify it. And I'm like, whoa, that's odd. But okay. Yeah, I had never heard that before. Nigga take the check to the front desk to verify it. That's all right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she take 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 the check to the front desk, verify it, come back. It didn't go through. What the hell you mean it didn't go through? <laughs> I didn't see you there with a car. What are you talking about? It didn't go through. She was right. like, it's like, uh, some, some, some. Shit didn't go through. I was like, how like, first of all, y'all already took the incidental money, so it ain't no way it can't go through. Y'all already took the money when I checked in. You holding so, it in escrow. Right. Yeah. You hold it. What are you talking about? So right. Now I got to get up. I halfway, I'm still drinking my drink. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now I got to get up. fucking the vibe up. Yeah, I'm in front of company. Now I'm a company looking at like, you know, you sure you want me to go in? Like, nah. (laughs) You need me to get it? Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, Uh, (laughs) got me fucked up out here, right? Uh, So uh I go to the front desk. As soon as I walk up, they're like, no, okay, it's good. Like, how is it all of a sudden suddenly good? You know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck was that? So now, yeah. I didn't even go back and finish my drink. I'm like, eh, you know, it's all fucked up. Now I got to write me a letter. Now I got to sit down, take me some time. I got to source the email addresses. Now I got to mm. write me a whole letter on how I feel. Like y'all motherfuckers racially, uh, you know what I'm saying? So I, mm. I, um, I came back later, later that night after I came back from what I was doing. Mm. And I stopped at the front desk. And I was like, yo, is it your um is it your policy to mm-hmm. take the check and come check it out? And he was like, Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's that's our policy. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So what's the policy on if you took my incidental money, why wouldn't it go through? And then he started that's when he started lying. That's when it was all that's when I got upset. He's like, No, the incidentals, that's not for the restaurant. I'm like, what are you talking about? Why mm. isn't it for the restaurants when you could charge it to your room at the restaurant? In every hotel and all around the country that I've been to, you charge the shit to the room, it go against the incidentals. No, the incidentals is for if you mess up something in the room. Like, that's a lie. That's a fucking lie. I've been standing, mm. I've been living at a hotel for four months. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, Let alone. That's a security deposit. Yeah, right. Been, been checking, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Been checking in the motherfucking hotels for the last 20 something years. Right. So I'm like, yeah. oh, y'all, oh, you on the board. Now you trying to spin mode me, trying to, um, what they call that shit? Gas. Gaslight you. You trying to <laughs> gaslight me. All right, right I got right. a trick. First of all, it's too late, and I'm too a little, you know what I'm saying? I'm a little inebriated right now. <laughs> right. So this, right, this right, going right. to go left. So I'm gonna bow out before it go right. left, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna craft me a real tailor made um, form letter for right. y- your bosses in them mm-hmm. to let them know how I don't appreciate this shit. And I don't know what I want the outcome to be. I just want to be heard. 
<laughs> well, that's what I wanted to know. That's what I wanted to ask you. What do you feel like would be uh, justice in this situation? What should they? What would you think would make it I, right? That's the whole point. Because they listening. They listening. Right. All right, all right, whatever. So think about it. I don't. I don't know what the justice would be. I just know that I was un, I was treated unjustly, and I ain't like right. that shit. You know what I'm saying? It was right. embarrassing. It was uncalled for, especially when you done ran the card already. Like, right. and then you know it's some bullshit because it wasn't even nothing for them to do. When I walked up, they said, okay, yeah, it's all good. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't all good two minutes ago, three minutes ago. You had to get what made it all chair? good? All of a yeah. sudden. Yeah. Now I'm yeah. all up my, I just walked away from a drink. I ain't even finished my drink. Uh. Shit. And, yeah. and it, you know, so needless to say, I ain't spend no money, no more money at the SLS that weekend. Yeah. So I yeah. just took, even though they had my deposit, and I'm going to have to wait for it on the way back. And right. the way they do it ain't even like other hotels. Other hotels, um, other hotels, when you... Say you put down your deposit was six hundred, right? Your incidentals was six hundred. Boom, they put that hold on your card, and then at the end, whatever you ain't spend out of that six hundred, they give you back the, they send you back the balance. This particular place, they put the hold on, and then because if you're using the debit, they that money actually comes out like a fucking charge, not a hold, but a charge. So boom, they take the charge. $600 charge, say you spent $400. Instead of just saying, all right, we're going to send you the two back, they take the four, and then they send you the six back. And I'm like, man, that's retarded, man. I don't even understand how y'all playing business around here. And I don't like mm. it. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy, man. It's such a, <clears throat> such a weird uh, policy. That they and they got you kind of like on some real take it or leave it type shit. You know, they leverage in there. You know, it's again, it's the place to be tax. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they leverage in the fact that this is a place that you're gonna wanna be. And more often than not, by the time you already arrive at your destination, mm-hmm. you probably travel weary. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. or you just you might be late to what you need to do, so you gotta get settled. And this is just another hurdle. They can make that hurdle as high as they want, cause they like well, what you gonna do? It's fucking ABFF weekend. Where where else you gonna go? You know what I'm saying? There's, there's an Airbnb maybe available. I'm not sure. You know what I mean? I don't know if there's a, a residence in or something. I'm not sure if your your clients would love to meet you at the. You know what I mean? Like they got you. They got you asked out. It's fucked up, man. It's a fucked up situation, but you know, it's just like, I think even with that, the fact that all that happens and you charge it to the game, the least that could happen is that you, you know, you show love service-wise, you know what I'm saying, for you to have to get up from your from your drink and from your company to go fight some bullshit. You know, it's kind of crazy. Um, yep. But, yeah, man. Yeah, Fuck them. it is Fuck what them. it is. Pushed so, through. yeah. I pushed yeah, through. Yeah, you did what you had to do. Yeah, did I pushed what you through. Had to do. I, I make dinner. this right. Yeah, make I this made, right, hey, SLS. Ate my dinners at other places and shit. <laughs> uh, away games. Yeah, away games. Fuck. Drank my drink at all the other bars. Uh, 
Damn. That's whack. Yeah. Uh, I've never been to any of the SLSs. No. Um, I stayed in one in Vegas. That was pretty okay. cool. Um, there's one in yeah. L.A. Uh-huh. Um, Miami one, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? The rooms are kind of small in Miami. Right. But, you know. Yeah. They got that, that <clears throat> restaurant and that policy. So. Got you, you know, got you, got you. Play at your own risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so but other than that, man, other than that, it was good, man. It was that was the only hiccup in my mind yeah. to play. Got you. What was the best uh, panel discussion that you you attended in your mind? Um, your, or your opinion? Best. I just you know. I, we we did which one? We did the one about it was a Black Beauty document docu series that was coming out that was pretty good. Um, we did uh, uh, shit. We did one with Spike Lee's wife, who, who was very gracious, by the way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, so, know. <laughs> you know, I, 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 she, she don't know about the beef, did she? No, 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 no. Okay, you know, I, okay. I canceled the beef, so there was no need okay. in bringing, oh, okay. bringing it, that type it, of energy around. Right. Um, right, actually, right. Uh, we, we interviewed her on the red carpet, and we, we interviewed her at the panel because it was like an issue that um, that we're going to cover on the show about uh, black maternal health. Where, you know, oh, yeah. yeah. I saw that. What's the name of that? It's... Um, Alarm or something like that. What's the what's the um, name of that joint? It's called uh, Aftershock. Aftershock. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw somebody. I met somebody that worked on that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked good. I saw I saw a trailer for it. it looks pretty good too. So that's pretty cool if they. Yeah. Um. Get. The um. Uh, so that 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 discussion was pretty cool because you know as a black father, you know what I'm saying black mm-hmm. fathers. You know, mm-hmm. I've witnessed the treatment that you get in the hospital as a black person. That kind of felt like the SLS. Like, well, damn, is this how we right. really going to do this? You know what I'm saying? And as you, right. and after you've done it a couple of times, you know the routine. And then there's certain things, you know, they just talking to you like you ain't never been nowhere before. <laughs> you know? And mm-hmm. so across a whole system, you can see why. You know what I'm saying? Black women die on the birthing table more than anybody else, you know? Because yeah. uh, the people caring for you, are they really caring for you or are they just going through the motions, you know? Mm-hmm. Are they really paying attention to what you got going on? If like somebody like Serena Williams, they're not paying attention to her and she's rich, famous, right. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. You know, what they doing to regular folk, you know? Mm-hmm. So... So we we talked about that with her, but um, I ran into them at the W later. She was with Lisa Bonner and the gang, you know, mm-hmm. of professional women. That's you know, that's in the mix. Mm-hmm. And um, I was able to offer some good advice to the to the crew because they was they when I walked up, you know, Bevy introduced me as you know I'm from Miami, blah blah blah. And they were like, oh my god, it's so hot here. Da da da. da. I was just walking from here to there, and it was just terrible. So I had to intervene. I was like, well, were you walking in the sun or were you walking in the shade? You know, 
Then they had the thing. Yeah, we was walking in the sun. I was like, see, that's the problem, right? If you're walking in Miami, you have to always find the shade side of the street, you know? Like, you'll never want to walk three blocks and then direct sunlight because the sun is undefeated. You know what I'm saying? You got to, yeah. I mean, even if you got to cross the street a couple of times, you got to follow the shade side of the street. <laughs> mm. So even if it's not the side you need to be on, I mean, walk the shade all the way until you got to cross over to your spot. And when you're waiting to cross, make sure you're waiting in the shade. And then that way your walk is a whole, whole lot more comfortable. It's probably about eight, nine, ten degrees cooler in the shade than it is in that direct sun. And you won't get, you won't be getting baked. And by the right. time you get to your destination, you smell like the sun, you know? Mm. See, that's the shit you learn when you live in Miami, ain't, and you, you know what I'm saying? Your teenager ain't got no car. <laughs> you trying to show up fresh. You, you, right. you in that shade, you, you, you moving along in that shade. <laughs> Simple yet so profound. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, you had had I, to walk. Yeah. Nah, go ahead. <laughs> Nah, I'm just, I was just thinking about it. I mean, it sounds so simple, but I guess too, if you don't, if you don't live there, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you might just be thinking that you just, you've just kind of put it in your head. Miami hot as shit. There's no huh. escaping this shit as opposed to, oh, so this is what the locals do. That was, that was <laughs> Sherpa wisdom. You know what I mean? Um yeah, and that's, that's real shit if you want to stay fresh. I'm from the, my strategy is different too. I mean, obviously, it's not a Miami strategy. It's just, this is not really a good strategy to be totally honest with you, but I'm a sweater. And I hate the fact that, like, I've been talking about this. I hate the fact that, like, in the summertime, like, I kind of go to my destination with half my outfit on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't mm-hmm. fully, like, right before I get there, that's what I put the entire ensemble on, because if not, that shit's going to be a problem. So, uh, yeah, man, this is the summer, man. The summer is definitely one of those fucking seasons that you bear for me, that you bear. You just get, you just got to, you uh, you try to endure that shit. But, um, yeah, I'm sure I saw, I saw, um, I actually saw Lisa Bonner do a video about that. So mm-hmm. it definitely, definitely hit her with some impact. <laughs> that's, that's what's up. That's what's yeah, up. Yeah, so, you know, that was, that was, that was uh, Miami. So that was good. That's cool. That was, that was so cool. then, okay, let me ask you this, though. Uh-huh. And we dipping around, but um, Drake dropped an album, right? Yep. Uh, on Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night, Friday morning. Honestly, never mind, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely a very, like, you know, a dance-oriented house lounge, you know what I mean? Maybe I'm a piano, I don't know, but, you know, like a, a vibe album, you know what I'm saying? Definitely, a, you know, one for the motherfuckers that's in the middle of the dance floor, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, for a, a certain type of vibe. A little polarizing, but... um. There's a few records on there that I, I enjoy, and I think mm-hmm. the more I go back and back to it, I I dig it. So we could unpack it for a second. But my first question for you is, since you were down at a, I don't know if you were there at that moment, but it seems maybe you were down in the Miami area mm-hmm. during a festival time, you know, hotel living, you know, mm-hmm. hotel bars and lounges and, you know, fly people. 
good cocktails and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Did the Drake album have any impact on the the scenery or the uh, uh-huh. the, the moment down there? I wouldn't say that it did, but I didn't mm-hmm. expect it to either. Once I heard it, like that's uh-huh. the type. That's the type of record. It wasn't the type of record where it's like. You know, you got that immediate DJ going, oh, we got to drop this shit at one o'clock tonight. It wasn't right. that type of record, right? It wasn't that type of album. And, mm-hmm. you know, I saw, before I heard it, I saw everybody complaining about it. Right. Everybody I'm mad. Stay clear of that. Mm-hmm. Everybody was mad, you know. So um, we were about to shoot and, you know what I'm saying, they were playing it on the computer. And and then after I heard about fifteen minutes of it, I understood exactly what Drake was doing. To in my own opinion, in my own breakdown, you know, <clears throat> Drake is an artist that's he's he's a free he's he's free. He has enough money, you know what I'm saying. He has enough um, fan base that arrive with him, where we go to to take risks, right? And so I think this album wasn't even supposed to be the type of album that we're normally used to from him. I'm thinking, he's like, all right, let me open up some different markets for myself where I don't really exist, right? So I'm listening to it. I thought I heard about 15 minutes. I felt like I needed a drink. I felt like I needed some water. It was a pool. Where the pool at? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this nigga Drake done. He trying to open up his goddamn summertime market in these, you know what I'm saying, European dance locations. You know what I'm saying? These Ibizas and shit like that, right? Where normally a regular rapper would not be, you know, invited per se. So for somebody like Drake, he was like, you know what? I might want to make my summer 22 run be a whole, you know what I'm saying, poolside Vegas uh, pool party, beach party, South African, you know what I'm saying, beach party. He could follow summer all year and do these very, um, you know, resort resort type events. And those events, you know, them, them old dance shits, they be paying a whole lot more than regular shit anyway, right? You might be at a dance festival, DJ getting a million dollars a show. So I was like, I felt like he just opened up a whole nother market for himself and then they gonna be back in the fall or some shit like that with a, with a traditional rap album. So I wasn't mad at it because, you know, you be on these locales and they be playing this little house music anyway and a lot of that shit don't even feel soulful. So I was like, well, shit, I would rather hear this shit by the pool than some of that other shit they be playing. So I got it. I dug it. I was like, this shit actually kind of grooving. It ain't nothing you're yeah, gonna I, put on to, you know what I'm saying, get ready for the club club. But yeah. I ain't going to the club club. So shit. Yeah. That's something to get my mind right, you know what I'm saying? Focus something else. Mm-hmm. Visualize some vacation in my life. Yeah, it definitely make you want to travel. It's definitely very destination Drake. You know what I mean? It's definitely uh passport music and shit. And uh and and uh indulge you know what I mean? What I, you know, indulge in the dance floor. You know what I mean? Like, really get into it. It's not really a wallflower 
vibes or whatever. You know, it's definitely you know it's a it's a it's a hop. It's got some shit to it. It's got a lot of it's got some soul to it. It's got a lot of that. You know, it's I, I, I the more I listen to it, the more I get. And my mostly initially, okay. First off, let me let me. I had a show that night, so I'm doing a show, and uh, I guess it was I guess you would call it a surprise. I was a last minute drop situation, so I'm seeing. Right before I go on stage, oh shit, Drake dropping some shit at midnight. Interesting. All right, honestly, never mind. Which is such a Drake ass title. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, you know, this shit is going. It's gonna be something. Honestly, never mind. It's just hilarious the title. So whatever. So then, um, I do my show. Shit was supposed to drop it at midnight. I go to the bar to watch the end of Game Six, and then. Uh, at the end of game six, they start playing some shit that sound like some Drake shit, but I couldn't <laughs> even be sure. Like, it was just real, like, light and lilty, you know? Like, but it's a lot of, you know how, you know, like them them little uh, wispy vocals Drake got. But it was, I don't think it was Drake, but I was kind of like, ah, because I kind of wanted to hear it. At least, you know, if I'm driving or something, I want to hear it on some real speak. I don't really want to hear it at this fucking... Sports ball. I don't know if this is the place for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like to, <laughs> my first listen to kind of be a little bit more personal. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of trying to not hear. You know what I mean? I'm trying to kind of close my ears <laughs> to the situation. I'm not really feeling this first listen. So anyway, I get in the car and I'm driving and shit. And uh, parking for me was fucked up this evening. They were shooting a movie on my block two days in a row. So damn near four or five blocks of parking is just all just taken off, taken mm-hmm. off the board. So I'm literally going like looking for parking for damn near two hours. And so I listened to the shit. So it's a it's a it was an interesting reception. On my way uptown is when I kind of started hearing and I was like, oh wow, this is a departure. Mm-hmm. This is definitely not what I thought it was gonna be. But initially, immediately, I was kind of like, I appreciate, similarly, like we've said about Kanye and Kendrick, that Drake really leveraged his star power, you know, and his his uh, his fan base to where, nah, I'm going to do what the fuck I want to do. Y'all going to mm-hmm. come or y'all going to stay, but I got the juice. I'm about to pour this shit. I'm going to do what I feel like doing. I'm going to take y'all somewhere. Some of y'all might not be ready. You know what I mean? And he's been doing this, it, it, you know, sparingly here and there. Drake has always been somebody that goes somewhere to a different landscape sonically. You know what I mean? Like, kind of kind of in the vein of, like, what Madonna used to do back in the day. Not quite discovering it, but mm-hmm. being one of the first motherfuckers you know to right. get there and <laughs> amplify the shit. You know what I'm saying? So he kind of got that effect where he getting there, you know what I mean? And he kind of making it a little bit more palatable or bringing it to the to the, to the the mainstream or whatever. So I'm listening to him. I'm like, all right, wow, this is different. But there's a couple records that I like initially, like Currents, the shit with the little squeaking and, the, like, the real, the like, the Baltimore kind of drums and shit. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? A little right, certain right, records. Right. I'm like, all right. Yeah, Baltimore. Okay, right. I see what. Yeah, I can see how this shit going to rock. There's some other shits that's crazy. And then uh, <laughs> what was funny... I'm literally damn near hour and a half in looking for parking. By the time I get to the last joint, 
I forget what it's called. Jimmy, I think, uh, not Jimmy. Oh, right? yeah, 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 something like that. So, you know, that's my, yeah, that's my guy 21 on there. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the nigga spoke to my soul, niggas. I'm driving around. Niggas say, spin the block like I can't find parking. I was like, nigga. <laughs> nigga know my life. You know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes motherfucker, the shit resonate on a different level. That shit, I felt that shit. That shit cut to the, to the I was like, oh, I had to, I had to rewind that shit about three times because I'm out this bitch spinning a block. With the only opposition being these niggas and these cones killing these parking spots. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because I initially did slide up in one of them little um, cone joints. I moved the cone back then because I ain't see the little, little, you know, the uh, the monitor or whatever, the, you know, the person out there checking it out. So I'm about to pull out. I see they want you got to move the car at 6 a.m. It's already dumb late. And I'm like, this don't make no sense, but I'm kind of... Thinking, you know what I mean? Should I risk it? Then I say, nah. So I drive around again. Can't find nothing. So then I go again. I, I move the cone. I back in. I think I'm good. I get out. And the nigga right there. He like, come on, fam. What's going on? <laughs> and his his approach was so like hat in hand. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like it was so like, it was like a... Uh, you know, it was the plea offense. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, where, where's where's your empathy, family? You know what I'm saying? Like, you could tell. First of all, he had a joint in his hand. You know what I mean? He, this is this is a job, but this is a side hustle. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he was like, "Yo," I said, "Fam," I, he said, "He said, what you doing, man?" I said, "Yo, I'm I'm just I'm just parking." He said, "But you see the sign?" I said, "Yeah, but the sign says 6 a.m." He's like, "Well, you know, you ain't read the whole sign. Say 24 hours." I said, "Yeah, I see that, but I also see like talk." You got so we we plead a plea. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, fam, you got the whole, you got this whole block monopolized, dog. I, this is the second time I pulled in. The first time you ain't even see me. I'm using that shit. I already got you. You know that type of offense. He's like, <laughs> he like, yeah, nah, I feel that. I hear that. You know, but um, you know, like, look, man, my boss. You know what I'm saying? He take photos of the shit. You know what I'm saying? So if he come back and the photo don't look like what it was when he left, you know, I lose my job. And it's, you know, it's hard to get work out here right now. Times is hard. Like, he hit me with that shit. I was like, oh, ah. He was his, like. He out plead your ass. That nigga cut your Yeah, nigga hit, hit me with the big joker. Did he? Bah! I was like, ah, oh, say less. Say less. You know, he was like, you know, they ain't even going to fire me. They just not going to hire me. I'm not even going, you know what I mean? I'm like, all right, family. You got it. You got it, my nigga. So then I jump back in the car. And I'm looking around. I swear I had. These another 45, 50 minutes of fucking looking for parking. Every time I pass this nigga, you know what I mean? It was a it was a mixture of I feel you, but this nigga, you know what I mean? But uh ultimately I found the spot at some point. But uh yeah, so that's that was where I heard it first. Uh and again, like I appreciate the fact that, you know. He pushed it. He pushed it. I like the fact that he's challenging his audience. I, I appreciate artists that challenge their audience. And I think after, uh, you know, CLB, a lot of people were saying that, you know, Drake doesn't always take chances. You know what I'm saying? He kind of mm-hmm. has a formula. I might have been one of them people. I think I was one of them people. He has a formula. He knows his formula. He knows what works. He's kind of, you know, I don't say he can mail it in because I think he's present. But... Mm-hmm. You know he got a he got an offense. He know he got a playbook they could go by, and right. it's shit. The shit be winning and, championships. 
And and uh, and again, that shit is like investing in your four hundred one k. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The nigga yeah. be invested in different audiences and shit. That yeah. the dance motherfuckers will be there after rap niggas is gone. You know what I'm right. saying? Them dance people yeah. gonna dance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just every year it's a new, the whole new generation of them that just come out. So if he could find a place in this global dance market. You know, after y'all stop liking his raps, after become an old rapper, he could become a, just a dance motherfucker. You know what I mean? Mm, right. You know, but it's there. It's there for him. You know what I mean? And and we don't always look at it like that because we're here in America. It's, it's hip hop, the home of this shit. You know what I mean? Um, but if I took a look at, let's say, Gregory Porter, right, who was a jazz singer, he blew up first. In Europe, you know, he was going to Europe. Nobody didn't even know who he was in America like that. But people in Europe was really fucking with him. You know what I'm saying? So this man drops a record, drops an album, and globally goes platinum. But nobody in America really knows who he is like that, you know? And then they take one of the songs off the album and remix the shit to some house shit and... Then they want to bring him to Ibiza every year just for the one remix. You know what I'm saying? Mm, mm. And it's like, damn, like that's a whole nother vibe, but you invited because you got a hot remix out there. You know what I'm saying? So say you got a hot album or a hot two albums of dance music, you could go over that motherfucker. You probably go over that motherfucker for years on end just, you know what I'm saying? Fucking with that community. Then you come yeah. back to America and do a club tour, you know? Like, that shit, that shit is like, like Jordan, you know, going to baseball is nigga trying to be a legend in two sports. A nigga trying to master the genres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's probably <clears throat> the most uh, successful world artist to come from hip-hop. I mean, initially he started, you could argue he started as a world artist being from Canada, so mm-hmm. he was outside of the U.S., whatever. But, you know, like, typically it's been, historically it's been pretty hard to to kind of keep the streets and then mm-hmm. go abroad. It's almost like you got to choose one. One audience is going to feel abandoned or one audience is going to feel like, you know, you're diluting who you are. And Drake has kind of done that shit in a way that's, I don't want to say effortlessly, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, there's effort and there's some fallout, but ultimately he's surviving and thriving, you know what I mean? Mm. And just and all over this motherfucker, all over the entire globe, getting to it. Right. So, uh, yeah, Drake going to be yeah. in full effect this summer. <laughs> yeah, man. I just watched the uh, the video he did for that, that move, the, the single Fallback. Mm-hmm. Video where he uh married like twenty three women. Mm-hmm. That shit is that shit is pretty funny. Another little X video or Mister X, I think it was. Uh, is it yeah, Mister X or the X or whatever? Now he's not little X anymore. But it's a cool wow. little video, funny. You know, Drake good for a funny video, mm-hmm. but uh, shot like yeah. a real dope wedding video. You know right. what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it had your man Tristan Thompson in there. Yeah, you know troll, troll, you know, he trolling them, you know what I'm saying? Making yeah, sure that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Put some content out for the people. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah. So the shit was cool. Shit was cool. I'm 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 fucking with it. You know, it was an interesting little surprise. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's, yeah. it was this. Somebody posted this thing, uh, and it was like, you know, everybody saying how bad the Drake album is, and then it was like me. You know what I'm saying? Then there's a video of a nigga like coming through the club dancing and shit. <laughs> right, right, I was right, like, right. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. I reposted that shit. You go to my Twitter, it's up there. That's funny. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's exactly how I feel. Cause as soon as you want to say something bad about it, it's like this shit actually kind of grooving. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only thing, only criticism I got ain't even that bad, but it's just like Cause the instrumentals themselves, the production, the shit is is rotting. You know what I mean? Like it's got mm-hmm. that. You know, it's got that shit. Sometimes, you know, Drake's a hell of a songwriter. You know, his uh, his singing voice is not the strongest. You know what I'm saying? And uh, nah. this, where he, yeah, where he gotta jump out there with some of these these little runs and shit like that. You could mm-hmm. you could gotta like ah, it's yeah, like, but that's ah. that's why the yeah. dance genre is so. Cru- that's why. It's, that shit is fitting because you don't need the, to sing too much. Nah, okay. it's not that you don't need to sing. The dance community is a more accepting of the groove than okay. it is. You know what I'm saying? Like you could do like you know, that Baltimore stuff. You could mix in this, mix in that. It ain't necessarily right. got to be so heavy driven off of, Oh, that motherfucker could sing, sing, you know, right. or, you yeah. know, you keep a melody and the beat ride. You ain't stepping on the beat too much. You know what I'm saying? You good. And, you know, it's it's one of them things like when um I was doing a lot of work with my cousin with the chip man, right? Uh-huh. He do he do the dance shit. And the the song we was working on, Wu Tang, was based off of Baltimore dance, but they had started doing it in Miami, so he wanted to do a Miami twist to it on the beat. And mm-hmm. so we kinda mixed like the Baltimore rhythm with, you know what I'm saying, some Miami rhythms. And came out with with the Wu Tang with it joint, and mm-hmm. you know, in doing that, it was like I under you felt it was like a sense of freedom you feel when you fucking with that dance music, because mm-hmm. it's a whole lot that's still possible. You know what I'm saying? It's not no baked in rules where you can't do this and you can't do that. It's like, damn, I could take this Baltimore beat, then I could switch it to a Miami beat. It's the same tempo, and he gonna do all these chants on it, which they don't really do on Baltimore music. So mm-hmm. it, it was like, damn, you could open up a whole another world just by fucking with a different genre. It's like, um, who was doing that at the time? Um, what's your boy name? Diplo. Diplo was doing that. Dropped mm-hmm. into the Baltimore scene, came out, made a whole lot of, you know what I'm saying, collaborations and, and made a few hits. And then he bounced out, went to the next scene. Then they went to Jamaica and did um, what, what's the name of that group he got? Oh, Major Laser. Major Laser, and then started doing the Jamaican shit. He was doing the um, he went to Brazil and started doing the favela funk shit, which I thought was real interesting too, because that shit was really based off of Miami music. It was mm. like the guys who kind of started it went on vacation to Miami. And bought a bunch of records of like some obscure ass bass shit and went back, started a whole genre. Cause mm. the, dan- the dance shit has less rules. Like hip hop, you gotta, you know what I'm saying? You got a lot of rules. And you gotta be hard, you gotta, you gotta be credible, you gotta, you know what I'm saying, have a 
somebody, to, a city to rep. You know what I'm saying? Right. In that world, that shit is different. And from experiencing it, I understand how free, how much freedom that that genre has in creating. So mm-hmm. I appreciate. I you know I can see why he did it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Plus, one of the DJs in Major Lazer is from Miami. My man Walshy Fire. Right. He's from Miami. Yeah, right. It's my old RA. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. shout out to that man. With with Drake doing dance and Beyonce doing the house dance shit, you know what I'm saying? The I'm a piano shit out here hitting hard. The Afro beats is hitting hard. Like mm-hmm. it it creates a a a real valid alternative to you know just trapping and the drill rap. You know what I mean? You know it creates a a space where people who want to be on some other shit got a real space to do that. Right. Right, yeah, opens it up, broadens yeah. this whole shit. And you know, shit made me want to pull the beat machine back out and shit, finish where we started with Chip. Oh, shit. Okay. Because you know mm. Wu-Tang is still trending. You know what I'm saying? Wu-Tang mm. with it. You, you go on TikTok, they got a whole nother way they do the shit now. I'm like, shit. Mm. I might have to do jump Do you remember in. that session? You remember that session, how that came about? Like how what, y'all Wu-Tang? got to that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember exactly how it happened. How did it happen? How was it? Well, was it just like you know what I'm happenstance? Nah, yeah. nah, I was like, you know, I was like, yo, let's do some music together because we, you know, that's my cousin. We hadn't, and we've been talking, but we hadn't done nothing together. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, let's do some shit. And then mm-hmm. I, f- I flew on to New York and mm-hmm. it was in the, it was in the winter, nigga. He, mm-hmm. he a classic Miami nigga. He showed up with some short pants and some long johns on. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, so you know what I'm saying? We went in the lab, got, started cooking it up. And he was just explaining to me that they had this dance in Miami mm-hmm. that niggas started doing called the Wu-Tang. And he was, you know, you know, in that DJ community, he had a lot of dance groups that follow along with him. And he was like, his boys had entered a contest and some niggas came and and hit that Wu Tang on their ass and blew them out. And he was mm-hmm. like, "So we gotta we gotta make a we gotta make a song for that." So first we had to look up what the fuck the Wu Tang was. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's what, now you gotta understand. YouTube is only like two years old at this point. So it's right. 2007. Like YouTube is new, but it was a lot of people putting up these dance videos. Like Wu Tang dance videos coming out of Baltimore and a lot out of Philly, and, right? Yeah. And so, basically, you they they looking at the ones who hit it the hardest and whatever. And then I like this girl who was out of Philly. Her shit was real smooth. Like she really killed that shit on some smooth shit. But the one he was like, nah, this this one right here, she was very aggressive. So the Wu-Tang you mm-hmm. see, like, coming out of Miami is based off of this one girl. I think she was either in Philly or Baltimore that did it just real aggressively in her bedroom. And then mm-hmm. you see all them same moves in all the viral videos. You see the moves come from that one girl. <laughs> so mm-hmm. once we once we once I got the dance, I'm like, okay, that's the dance. That's the beat they usually go to. So I matched up the BPM. But then I was like, we got to... You know what I'm saying? Break this bitch down in different spots with like a Miami style beat. And so based off of how he had the song laid out, we I just made the beats according to 
the different breaks. So he probably had like four different parts, changed the beat up four different times, and yeah. boom, repeat. And a lot of times I was, you know, in my mind, I'm coming from like a, a hip-hop mindset, like, okay, man, shit, you don't want to leave room somebody drop a verse on it. He was like, nah, dancers don't want to hear all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. dancers, they just want to we'll know dance. what to do, when to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Repeat. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's why it's not a big problem that Drake can't sing because the singing, they don't want the singing to get in the way. No way. The singing pretty much fades to the back and the dancers do what they do. That's what's up. That's so, it. How long did it take you to make that? Ah, shit. Once we got it, once we got it going, it ain't take, took a couple hours to get the beat down mm. and then he did his thing. And then... um. We um once it once I got it mixed and all that shit, it probably held it for about a month. And I was in Miami, and we were shooting like some little videos to put on YouTube with people doing the dance. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, I just made like this lyric video. I made that shit in the car while I was sitting in front of his crib, a yeah. lyric video, and then uploaded that bitch to YouTube. That's the shit on the YouTube now. I got twelve million views. That's one that yeah. everybody take the song to do the dance you know what I'm saying they put that uh-huh. on and then they do the dance so uh-huh. uh, you know right now it's like now that that move that whole energy of dance music is coming back it's like oh it's time to strike this time cause right. Right. we did it like we made a hit we made a, a bonafide hood classic like a Miami classic right. like right. Like, niggas was doing the dance all over. The shit spread around. The shit all over the internet. You know what I mean? But at the time, that was before YouTube had to get paid and all that shit on it. You know what I mean? So, it's like, you had a bonafide hood classic. Now, it's still working. You know what I'm saying? Now, you, you know what I'm saying? You work on these residuals. And, like, hey, let's try to do one more. If we got us, let's see if we got one more in us. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, shit, we're going to put something out this summer. Fuck that. That's what's up. (laughs) That was about 10 years ago, huh? That was 2000. That was 2007. Okay. So So I think it dropped out in 2008. I think it hit the internet 2008, like April or March or some shit like that. Put it up. And then. So let me ask you this. Well, go ahead. No, go ahead. That was it. Um. So was it? You said it wasn't an immediate hit. Due to the, was it an immediate hit though? It, it was it, immediate it, in the streets. But see, you know what I'm right. saying. You you ain't on the radio. Like it was no way to right. get on the, the radio. It was no way to get on you know, mainstream anything. It was just like some right. internet YouTube ass shit. And DJs in the street was on it. People was doing the dance. Then you had like other niggas trying to um you know put. You know what I'm saying? Use the Wu-Tang as they own. You know what I'm saying? Miami, like, sometimes they'll take another DJ shit because it's moving, and then they'll start mm-hmm. doing it. And then, you know, Chip was like, man, these niggas trying to copy the shit. I'm like, man, fuck right. it, man. Just flood. Just take the shit. Take they beat. The beat they did it on, and then you do your shit on top of they beat. Because mm-hmm. people come. Yeah, people coming for your voice. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right, like niggas, right. niggas can say the words, niggas can say the stick, stick, and all that shit, and beam, and the eye, 
all that shit. Mm-hmm. But niggas coming for your voice. He got a distinctive right. voice that everybody know. From peanut right. butter jelly time to sticking it rolling to beam eye to Wu Tang. Right. You know? So my question is, so back then you did that. It clicks off. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. you got other shit going on. But what made it, well, I'm, I don't even know if it was easy, but, like, it would seem like in that moment you would want to maximize off of that momentum or stay banging out a few joints. What made it to where you could kind of be like, all right, I'm cool. I'm going to go and do everything else that I do. And then... Fifteen years later, I'll pull out the the, uh, <laughs> the drum machine and get the band back together. You know what I'm saying? Like, what was the? Hey, listen, man. Sometimes it just be like that. Like, like what just really inspiration? made it? No, what really it, it we it it was a moment. It was like it's very like it's very um, it's humbling to watch some shit you did in a Brooklyn basement go out mm-hmm. in the world and just be. A real thing, you know what I'm saying? Like you ain't signed to no label, you ain't you you ain't even set up. You just did some shit, and then you got like LeBron and D Wade doing it. You got all these people just doing this dance to this particular song, and then you know we had other business going with the peanut butter and jelly record and with the ice cream and cake record that was getting licensed in movies. So we doing all these things, but then you get to certain situations to where you know. You got some business shit that need to be taken care of that's just not mm. getting taken care of. And you like, man, I'm not finna be doing all this shit and we niggas ain't gonna handle the business, you know? And so gotcha. you, t- you take a part, like you take a, you know what I'm saying, like a creative recess because it's like, you know, shit, we gonna do it, man. You can't not, you not, can't not do this and you can't not do that, you know? Right, and, right, and right, then gotcha. it And then it fall back on me. And it's like, dang, you know? So... Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like nigga just said, okay, this enough, we good. It was just like, all right, let's not just let's just not do nothing right now. And then but mm-hmm. we've been unpatched that shit up. It's just like, now how do we make it work from here? And you know, as TikTok grows along, stuff like that, you see where it organically goes. The shit is still organically moving because that shit was part mm-hmm. of people's lives. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. if you're talking 15 years ago and these people was, you know what I'm saying, 13, 14, 15 years old, now they 30, 29, 28. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They they being nostalgic about they growing up. And they they on TikTok at 30 looking at people doing these new dances. And it was like, man, we was the first ones out here doing this shit, nigga. We was the first ones on YouTube doing this shit. Because, again, it was YouTube. 2007, it was only two years old. The shit that was viral on back then was a lot of dance videos and shit. Mm. That's crazy. That's wild. Do you um do you produce like do you fuck with your your drum machine like just on some casual shit throughout not in, or not in years. Been tucked? Yeah, okay. No, producing take gotcha. time. It take you gotta have time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the beauty of, of being a producer is having the time to, you know. Just be right. creative, you know? Right. Like, when you live in life and you run around, like, outside ain't conducive to being a producer. You know gotcha. what I'm saying? Like, a producer gotcha. is an inside person that's in there fiddling around and, and 
you know what I'm saying? Saving sequences mm-hmm. and shit and making making shit work. It's like more like an engineer. Mm-hmm. Like in the sense of, you know, the thought process of, okay, let me, you know, you might get outside, but when you locked in, you locked in. But if your mm-hmm. life ain't making money, if your producer life ain't making you your money, it's hard mm-hmm. to lock in on that shit because it's just like like a teenage dream. Right. When you right. young That's and you, you 17, 18 years old, you making beats. All you think about, yeah, nigga, I'm going to buy me a Rolls Royce, nigga. I'm going to get me three, four mm-hmm. Cubans. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. We're going to hit this tour, nigga, get me a jet. This is right. just what you're thinking while you're making your beats and wasting time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anybody, you spending 12 hours locked down making this track and getting shit together. You know what I'm saying? You got all these thoughts of where you're going to take it. But when you grown, shit, them bills outrace your goddamn producing. Then... Then you gotta you gotta look at it differently, you know. What comes easier to you, or what's more tedious? I guess that might be two different questions, but uh, making beats or editing videos, creating stories with video. <sighs> making beats come easier. Mm. Making like editing video is is something that I could do. You know what I'm saying? Because I like to put the story together. But editing mm-hmm. video, that part physically editing, mm-hmm. is not my life. That's that's mm. that's like that's if I had to let anything go, that's gonna be first because mm. it's one year. It was probably like my most productive year in my company, like shooting branded content and doing deals with companies and doing videos. Like nigga, we had. Shit, we had like 50 projects this year, that particular year. But what I really discovered is it wasn't the best year of all my years. You know what I mean? Because one, you're spending way more time editing. So you're spending way more time sitting down in front of a computer and not enough time outside where you where your personality could bring you new deals. You know what I mean? So... Spending all this time just editing, edit, edit, and you front of the computer, these requests. And editing is really solving problems. And the problems you're solving is for each individual client. And if you got five, six projects going on, you're solving problems for five, six different clients in five, six different directions. And if you're the one sitting down doing the editing, nigga, that's going to be your whole life. You ain't going to have time to even solve your own problems. Cause you you doing that, and I realized after that year that 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 wasn't the best use of my time, and mm-hmm. and that shit almost killed me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. like I can't say that my blood pressure went up during that time, but it felt mm. like it. You know what I'm saying? It felt like mm. I was draining myself. I was taking myself out of life that I was supposed to be living to sit down on my ass in front of this computer and for 12, 18 hours straight. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't yeah. as, yeah. it wasn't as natural as making a beat for 12, 14 mm. hours straight because the difference is, the difference is when you're making a beat, you're solving your own fucking problems. You're creating your own dreams in your head. You, you know what I'm saying? This could go any direction you wanted to go in. You know what I'm saying? Unless mm. you're making a beat for a specific artist for a specific type of thing. When you just making beats for you, just, you know what I'm saying? Just being exploratory, 
is it opens up a whole world of freedom for yourself. It's like, oh, you could dream. You could like, okay, on this, we could do this. This sound like this. Oh, it sound like they'll play this shit over here. Then you need to put this shit over here. The, the lady's going to go crazy. You know, you got all these thoughts, but they're moving in the direction you want them to move in. When you edit in video, it's very specific, very locked in to what's on the cameras already filmed, specific to the problem you're trying to solve to the, the project that you're making and that's a big difference i get it yeah i hear that <clears throat> lastly all right so before we get out of here man <laughs> speaking of videos now i see i don't know if you were i saw you know i saw revolt in the uh the uh watermark and i mm-hmm. saw some of the some photos and all of that but i saw like this Looks like a Father's Day type of gathering. I seen Groovy Lou. Uh, what's my mm-hmm. man, Mike, Mike Bogart? Mike B. Yeah, Mike B. Mike B. Yeah. Well, um, tell us about that. Where you? What was the? What was the deal? I seen you know, a lot of cats, real dapper and outside, looking proud, and you know what I mean. Yeah, you know I uh, be about you know I be about all the black father shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. It the, felt like the, a black father's the, 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 sequel. The black, the black yeah. man. You know what I'm saying? Right. Making sure black men are seen other than the yeah. ways that they're stereotypically seen and with all that right. kind of shit. Um, but essentially, Groovy Lou and Mike B came up with the idea of recreating the great Dan Harlem picture. Got it. But with black fathers and men in suits in 2022. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so, you know, I got the call. And it was like, yo, this is what we're trying to do. It didn't take no selling. We was going to be there. Showed up, you know, captured it, interviewed cats, and we're we making a piece now. Shit, by the time this comes out, we should have a cut. And um, and it's really, you know, highlighting black men and being responsible and, and just the imagery of, of men being men. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like from a, not from, you know, a masculine sense of men do this and men do that, but just men just being, you know what I'm saying? It's like just just mm-hmm. being black, you know what I mean? Just humans just being on Father's Day, on Juneteenth in Harlem, you know what I'm saying? Everybody right. suited up, you know. Um, it was at Harlem Haberdashery, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, they be suiting, suiting and booting people anyway. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. So Nick Cat showed up. And um, you know, Olu, you know what I'm saying, the photographer, he shoot he shot it and um mm-hmm. we we captured him home shout out to a homeboy Wid who captured the video and, and he's directing that piece for me. And um mm-hmm. hopefully we can make something that's dope. That you know what I'm saying, that could have its own place in the internet zeitgeist and you know, help to change opinions, help to change, you know, thought processes of what a black man is and can be. You know, I think it's like with with uh, Dear Black Man, I realized that that's just a it's a huge void in the space of of just sublim not even subliminally, but putting black men out there in a way that you don't see, so that is 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 changing how people think slowly but surely. You know what I'm saying? It's just a thirty second video, but. They've been running that video for the last four years. You know what I'm saying? It's still in the state going viral. So it's like I did my part to put something in the zeitgeist that 
that shows black men in a different light or that help makes you think of black men in a different light. And that's why I was attracted to this project. And that's why we did it because it's like they were attempting to continue on that energy on that wave. And mm. you know what I mean? I think it's a beautiful space that's untapped and, and it's hard for people to tap it unless you, unless you have lived on the side of being a black man, you know what I'm saying? Like black women have specific things that's that's endemic to them that they experience from their own point of view that nobody can, nobody else can see. So that's why their renaissance that they're having right now with Twitter and all the content creators speaking that voice. That's why it's so important because nobody's gonna write it for you. Nobody can write it for you. So we got to write it on for ourselves. We have to put it out there ourselves. We can't complain. Nobody ain't making us look like this or nobody ain't talking about us like this if we don't never say, hey, this is how we feel and this is how, you know what I'm saying, this is the result of how we feel and this is how we want to be seen and this is how we want to be felt. And that's that's what I'm on. So congratulations. look like good content. It was a good... So from what I've seen, good piece. Yeah, that, yeah no, that was right. that was like a little teaser, you know what I'm saying? Like the piece yeah, that we yeah, doing yeah, yeah. will probably come out mm-hmm. like uh, tomorrow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look out for it. Yeah, That's man. what it is. Yes, sir. That's what's up, man. Shit. Uh, it's time to transform and roll out, my dude. No As always, tell a friend to tell a friend. And even an enemy. To get in a conversation. Yeah.